I don't know about you guys, but the quarantine was not ideal for my eating and my physique when we first got locked down. I took it as a way to pity myself, feel bad. You know, obviously the whole world is going through this, but I took it as, hey, no, it's only me. We're all going to die. So I might as well eat cookies, Chipotle, and pizza. And then you realize, okay, we're going to make it through this. It's going to take some time, but we're going to make it through. Let me not eat like an asshole forever. And luckily, I'm married to someone who constantly reminds me that I'm eating like an asshole. Won't have sex with me if I don't look my very best. That's something I need a therapist about. But also runs a pretty phenomenal nutrition company with Own Your Eating. And she's put together, that is Roz, my wife, some great challenges that you guys can check out. If you're like me, like you said, and you need a little extra accountability, you need a kick in the ass, you want to just learn a little more, you want to do something really cool at your box, at your gym, at your affiliate, you should check these out. So if you go over to SugarWad in the marketplace, we've got the Own Your Eating store in there. And there's three different challenges you can check out. If you're a box owner, I highly recommend you check out the Gym Nutrition Challenge. I think it's only like $169, something like that. And the cool thing about it is if you're a box owner, you can give this to your members as a way to just, hey, I'm giving you a bonus. I'm giving you something. You know, we appreciate that you stuck with us during your during the quarantine. We appreciate that you kept your membership active. Or you can even make money. She's had a few gyms that have done really well at $169. You get 20 people signed up at 20 bucks, you've, you've made over $200. So check out the 30-day transformation challenge for gyms. That's a specific one for box owners. And then we've got ones for individuals, the 30-day transformation challenge, as well as the 30-day get lean challenge. And, and with both of those, you're going to get programming, you're going to get daily information, daily accountability, and so much more. The transformation challenge is really for those that are either new to tracking macros and flexible eating, or maybe you've done it in the past and you want to get dialed back in like I needed. And of course, accountability goes a long way. It's something I preach as far as a coach. I have coaches for many aspects of my life. And the primary reason is I just need that account accountability. Hey, did you do what I told you to do? Hey, don't forget you said you do this, right? It's just a reminder in the back of my head when I'm about to mess up, that I got someone out there that's relying on me doing well and going to remind me about it. And then there's the 30-day get lean. This is more for the experienced people. Maybe you've tracked macros in the past. You have a good understanding of nutrition, but you're ready to take it to the next level. Maybe you've plateaued. You're ready for reverse dieting, or you just need some extra coaching out there. So you can check these all out on SugarWad. The link is in the show notes. But if you go to SugarWad, you go to the Marketplace you look up on your eating, you're going to see these options. And the cool thing is you can use the code best hour. You can use the code best hour and you'll get 10% off any of the options there. So B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, the code best hour will get you 10% off in the sugar wad marketplace. Check it out on your eating Roz's three challenges and she's seen tremendous results. And trust me, if you're working with Roz, I'm going to hear about it. She'll ask me for some feedback as well. So you really get two coaches for the price of one. Check it out. Use the code best hour for 10% off. All right. Long time friend. We were just talking before we hit record. You're one of my longest 
tenured friendships in this world. Same. So, so this is Jess Fuller. You, I still have you in my phone as Jess Listig, by the way. Love it. That's, I still that's, have you in my phone as Jason Ackerman, as you'll well, always. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't take Roz's last name. You but, should be um, the Roz in my phone. That's how I'll change you. <laughs> I'm surprised she hasn't made me take her last name, but it's. I do have multiple uh, iterations of you in my phone. But when mm -hmm. I know I want to text you, I pull up the listed one because it's the it's the five one six. So I know that's yeah. like the OG number. It's like the bat yeah, signal yeah. for Jess. That's correct. That's so private most people don't have. If you want before we before we start recording, if you want to say thank you for everything I've done in your life, you can do that now. Quick disclaimer. Quick disclaimer. Um, I own multiple businesses in multiple industries, and I couldn't have done any of it without Jason Ackerman. So I just want to put it all out there before we begin, so we're all on the same page here. It is all thanks to he's the man behind the woman, if you may. <laughs> Whenever we talk, I always like to remind you that. But be honest with me. If okay. What percentage out of 100 was my influence on your success? If you really had to think about it. I will say this, on my initial success when we first met, um, maybe a good like 30% when we yeah. were meeting because you'd opened your business a little bit before I'd opened mine. You had your community already. Um, so it definitely, I think, as a brand new business owner back in 2010, you know, a decade ago, I, a lot of the stuff you said made sense to me. Um, I looked up to you. So I definitely think some of that early success absolutely came from you. Um, the success I've seen since then, I think a lot of that is due to me. But, you know, my hard work and my team. But I think with some of the foundational stuff up front, absolutely. I even remember a conversation. I don't even know if you remember it. I'm sure you don't at Albany CrossFit, like a few weeks into knowing each other, when we were talking about the pricing for my packages, and we had single sessions, five class passes, and 10 class passes, and the um, savings for a five pass and a 10 pass was the same, and you said to me, it shouldn't be, you were like, make the 10 pass a little bit bigger savings, because people will be more likely to buy the 10 pass instead of the five, and I changed it like that day or the next day, and that's still the price of the five and 10 pass to this day, how about that? Well, my next piece of advice is you need to increase your rates if they're the same after 10 years. But, you know, well, let's be clear. That 30%, you don't become the entrepreneur that you are now. Like all, all continued success, my 30% reigns over. So I don't know if you're going to just send a check or you want to I mean, do Venmo or however I you want to do it. My studios have been closed for the last five months. So if you want to contribute 30% back to me right now, it's like, honestly, <laughs> that would be great. But... <laughs> well, and, and let's let's talk about it because that's really you and I can have many discussions on entrepreneurship. You've truly become a, a tremendous entrepreneur. I mean, I remember Caleb and our two girlfriends at the time. We go to the the little yoga studio on Fuller. It was off Fuller, right across from the yeah. was right. it Stuyvesant Plaza, right? Yeah. And we take this class. You were the teacher. I still, by the way, I would love for you to send me the mix you used to play. Okay, I could try to find it for you. You, you <laughs> got me into um, two bands that I remember from your list that always remind you of your song, of, uh, of you. Death Cab for Cutie, what's, what's the name of that band? Death Cab for Cutie? Oh, great. Jess Rose, right in the middle of me asking an important question. I'll give her a second to chime back in. 
Actually, I think it's my Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi just bounced. What is happening? All right, slight technical difficulty, but we're back. My Wi-Fi crapped out. You still there, Jess? Uh, you're yeah, you just froze for a second, but. Man, Wi-Fi is life these days. More important than, than oxygen. But what I was asking you, I was telling you, what was the name of that band? Death Cab for Cutie? Death Cab for Cutie, yeah. They're and one of my favorites. Yeah, that song, um, I will. Possess your heart. I will visit, and then there was another one by Dashboard Confessional they used to play. I loved, I don't know, I love both of those bands. I don't know. That's because you're a millennial. That's a very millennial, millennial I, band. Um, I bet it was Warmth of the Sand. I know both of those two songs used to be on my playlist when I was like first starting out. Maybe I'll you make you a best of millennials mix. Maybe I'll make you a mixtape like a real millennial. <laughs> <laughs> no, but those songs very much remind me of your classes. and. You know, I remember the first few times we were in there was literally the four of us and we would go to Chipotle after. Like that was my first experience with Chipotle. But I don't remember what it was. I think at the time you were like the only place doing anything with heat, first yeah. of all. And I was just like, man, oh, and you were like running a bar, a substitute teacher. Yep. <laughs> and I was just like, you got to do this full time. Like you got to go. I mean, I wrote my book and the first chapter is go all in. And that was basically what I was encouraging you to do. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I definitely, I, you know, and it was hard because I remember we even had that conversation and I was like, well, I can't leave bartending. Bartending is really good money. Like, and I enjoy it. It's fun. It's easy. It's great money. I can't leave it. And you were like, you need to leave bartending. Like you need to throw yourself into this hundred percent. And I remember, um, I think it was another conversation I had with you at one point where you were like, you're either working in your business or you're working on your business. And um, that kind of like resonated with me too, because I feel like early on, I taught every class myself. I was really like the face of the business. I mean, I still am the face of the business, but in a different way, but I was always teaching. And as we grew with more locations, it, um, you know, I was teaching at the second location with Clifton Park. I was teaching there and the Albany one. And it just got to the stage where, you know, I'd be about to teach a class and the phone would ring and we'd have a new client that wanted to ask questions, but I couldn't really help them because I had the studio of people waiting for me or, you know, I'd be going into teacher class and somebody wants to meet me at a different studio and talk about stuff or the heater at the different studio wasn't working, you know, all these things. So it really it was helpful advice to just kind of not do that day-to-day -day part of the business so I could be a little bit more behind the scenes working and focusing on that stuff that needed my attention as we grew. Well, and like I was going to say earlier, the, the point of this conversation is you and I have been talking offline and just the impact of everything going on in the world, the pandemic, the quarantine. So I want to find out what that's been like for, for you, but to show people your success, kind of what's the rundown of your businesses currently? Um, so for the hot yoga spot, we have five locations. They all closed in uh, early to mid March and they've been closed ever since. So uh, it's been really challenging. I mean, I have some other businesses as well. I own Bear, with it, which is a juice bar, which has remained open this whole time. Thankfully, we're doing more locations. It's really exciting. It's going really well. And then I co-own with Kayla, CrossFit for the People, that has been closed um, since mid-March as well. So, you know, it's hard because out of all the businesses that I own, the large majority of them are fitness, you know, hot yoga and then CrossFit. And 
that is the industry that has been impacted um, arguably the hardest in this whole situation, especially in the state of New York, because fitness remains closed right now. Whereas um, most of the other states have started opening up, lifting restrictions a little bit for fitness. For some reason, New York is just keeping fitness indefinitely closed. So that's obviously been really challenging and continues to be challenging every single day. So in New York right now, fitness is basically closed indefinitely, right? There's no end date in sight right now? No. Uh, so what happened, there were four phases planned for New York. And when all of the phases were announced, fitness was in phase four, which already I thought was ridiculous, as did a lot of fitness owners, fitness business owners in this area. You know, I talk to a bunch of them on a regular basis now, and we all thought that was ridiculous because we can be distant in a yoga studio, in a CrossFit gym, in a kickboxing place, just like you can in, you know, a Target or Chipotle or a Home Depot. And for us to not have that right didn't seem fair. You know, I think we could do it just as safely, but we all patiently waited for phase four to come. And then days before phase four, after I had spent thousands of dollars buying UBC sanitation lamps, HEPA purifiers, you know, all sorts of stuff like that, the governor pulled fitness out of phase four after two months of waiting, thinking that we were part of it, and has been quoted saying that, you know, after that happened, that all the phases are done, everything's open, it's going to be open. So fitness business owners are led to believe that there's not a plan in place for us. He hasn't mentioned working on anything for us. Um, so it's been challenging. And I think, um, I think it's really unfair because when you take every type of fitness business out there and just lump us all together, there's a lot of flaws in that system. I know as a hot yoga studio, we don't use an HVAC system. And you know, the big concern with fitness is that the HVAC is gonna move the air particles around. We don't even use an HVAC in our studio. We vent directly through the roof and bring fresh air in and the air in the room leaves. So we don't use an HVAC. We can really space people out. We don't have, we don't, no shared props, no shared weights, no moving station to station. So to lump us in with other forms of fitness that might be more problematic and a little riskier isn't fair. Same thing with CrossFit. I mean, most CrossFits are in a gym. They don't have an HVAC system. CrossFit for the people has an entire wall that's made up of eight garage doors. You're basically outside when you're inside there and they're not allowed to function for the same reason I'm not. And it, it just doesn't make sense. So I think lumping all fitness into this one broad category and then arbitrarily leaving us closed is really unfair and it seems really um, that what makes you most likely to get really sick from COVID is problems related to obesity. So hypertension, diabetes, you know, all of these issues that come from being overweight make you more likely to die from this pandemic. And the one thing that remains closed indefinitely in New York state is fitness. I mean, I don't know who's making these decisions, but it seems flawed. Yeah, I mean, I think, something I've spoken about recently is there's all these pushes for masks and, and, and social distancing. And I think it's all very important, but no one's talking about, Hey, let's get healthy. Yeah. It's insane. I don't know how that's not a bigger topic right now. And don't get me wrong. I wear a mask every time I leave the house and I, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I don't need to go. So those things are very important. And obviously in the, you know, short term, that's what you can do right away to make yourself safer. Like, today, this minute, this hour, but long-term, what will make you safer? What will make you healthier? And that's being a healthier person. That's being active, that's eating right, that's living, you know, the type of lifestyle that disposes you 
to being healthier in general, that's what's going to make you healthier in a pandemic as well. And like you said, nobody's really talking about that. And the fact that fitness remains closed unnecessarily is a, just kind of supports that fact even more. Like nobody is thinking about the bigger issue at play here. What do you think? Ackerman Fuller 2020? I'm in, but I'm, I'm, I'm the president. You could be my beast, but I'm in. <laughs> Fuller Ackerman, I don't want all that responsibility anyway. I'll take it. So, <laughs> so let's, let's kind of walk through it chronologically. You know, the, the, when, when did you kind of give word even before the shutdowns, like, hey, there's something going on that's like a little, like there's, there's a disease floating around. Because for me, I don't follow the news. Yeah. We've just gone back from Wadapalooza, uh, so late February, and we're and I remember thinking like at that time I was like, okay, what's happening in the world? Yeah, I would say it was definitely like late January, early February. Like you started to hear about it, um, and this is terrible, but it didn't seem like it. I mean, you heard something was happening, but it didn't seem like a problem I would be thinking about. I was really worried about. It seemed so far removed from us. Um, and one lesson that I've kind of taken from this is that somebody else's problem is your problem. If you are a good person, if you're the type of person who wants to be proactive about things, because I remember first hearing about this and thinking like, this is a problem on the other side of the world. It sounds terrible, but this is not my problem. And, and this is China's problem. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. And this situation has been such an eye opener to if there's a problem in the world, something important going on, you need to treat it like it's your problem because it might end up being your problem. So um, that's kind of one thing I've taken out of this. So yeah, I had first heard about it and kind of knew it was going on months and months before, but, you know, really realizing that, you know, imminently this might become something that's happening here was probably like late February, very early March. We closed on the 16th, but there were probably two weeks before we closed where every single day I woke up and was like, do I stay open? Do I close? What is happening with my business? What is happening with my community? So even, you know, I'd say a good two to three weeks before we actually closed, um, it started to become like a very pressing issue, something that was taking up most of my time and most of my thought, just figuring out what was the right thing to do for my business, for my community, and for like the greater good. When you realized that and you were getting closer and closer to realizing they're going to do some sort of pause or shutdown, how were you feeling as an entrepreneur about that? Were you, I was outspoken in the sense that I said, guys, we got to shut down. And now yeah. I had no skin in the game. I don't own any brick and mortars right now. Yeah. So it was probably a little easy for me to say, right? But I also have made it clear, like I didn't expect it to be going on for form. I, I was like two weeks were shutting down. How did yeah. you feel about that? Um, so, so I actually made the decision to shut down. We closed on a Monday. Monday morning, the governor came out and said, every fitness business has to close. We were closed before some other industries were, but he stated that on Monday morning, I had decided that Sunday afternoon that we were going to close. So um, I had come to the decision on my own. Like you said, I thought it was, we were talking two weeks. I thought two weeks was probably unrealistic. That's kind of what they were putting out there. But in my mind, it was like, this is probably going to be a solid month of being closed. But I'd come to that realization. Um, you know, for me, it was hard in the weeks that led up to it. I kept thinking, there are so many people in my community that need hot yoga, like physically they're in pain without it. Like this is how they stay sane mentally. This is the only time they get for themselves during the day. So I was spending every single minute basically of every single day trying to weigh the pros and cons of staying open to serve people that need it right now to feel better, to 
stay sane versus the negative con of like, okay, what if I stay open and then somebody comes and ends up getting sick or they were sick and they get somebody else sick. So it was really hard leading up to it, just figuring out what the right thing is to do and how can I best serve not only my clients, but just the area where I live and the community at large. So it was really difficult. Like I said, I'd come to the decision that we did have to temporarily close that Sunday. Um, it was really scary. And at this point, I only thought, I thought it was more than two weeks, but definitely probably around a month. Um, and it was really scary because, you know, I have six brick and mortar fitness businesses in New York state that are all going to now not have customers coming in every day. And, you know, keep in mind, I've been doing this for a decade. We don't close. The hot yoga spot is open 365 days a year. We're open on Christmas. We have class on New Year's, on Easter. You know, one of the things that makes the hot yoga spot so great is if you, and one of the reasons why we are open all those days is because if you don't have a community, if you live alone, if you don't have a lot of family, if you, you know, need a way on a holiday morning to release your stress before your family comes over, like we are that option for you. If on Thanksgiving, you don't have a big family, you can come spend time with us and be part of something. So I really pride myself and drive the studio on being there for people every single day of the year, every single day of their life when they need it. So for a business like mine, that's been open for 10 years and never taken a holiday. The idea of now like voluntarily shutting down for two weeks, but maybe longer was really scary just from the standpoint of my business. And, you know, I've been doing this because the business is open every day. I have been involved with this business every single day, answering the calls, putting the schedule up online, stuff like that. So um, it was hard for me, you know, professionally. And then even just personally, like I had a, I had a newborn. So at this point, Hazel was three months old. I have a three and a half year old. So just, you know, personally knowing that my business is a large part of the income for my family, I have two kids, I have a husband, like what is this normal look like for us now where my studios aren't open and I still have expenses for all of them? Um, what does it look like for me on a personal level with all of the teachers who are part of my team who, you know, a lot of them have other jobs, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them teach full time, you know, 20 classes a week, large majority of their income is coming from the studio. So it was multifaceted in the way that it worried me. And it was um, very challenging professionally, personally, it was um, a really hard decision to make. And then the next day when I was actually writing the email that Monday morning, letting people know that the studios were going to be closed. And as I was writing it, um, I was almost finished like proofing it in the background, the TV was on and the governor was saying that fitness had to be closed by that evening. So um, the timing worked out well, but I just included, you know, details about the governor's mandate and that this was now something we were going to have to do. Um, but it was really scary and it continues to be scary now, you know, five months later, every single day. So it's, I mean, it's really, it, it's, it's crazy to think back in late February, early March that come August, we're still in the midst of this. I mean, and like yeah. you mentioned, I assume on your uh, list of importance, it goes something like Jason, kids, Fuller, your husband, the studio. So luckily for you, you had our friendship to fall back on, but you had your family. There, there. I mean, point is, there are plenty of entrepreneurs out there that like they don't have an identity outside of their gym. I mean, yeah. I'm sure your family, you know, is more important to you than than the studio. So you have them and a newborn to lean on and to take care of. But yeah, for so many people, it's like when we talk about mental health, it's like, it's, it's, it's that as well. Like, Hey, you're shutting down these fitness facilities because of the clear health impacts that it could have, but there are other health implications you're not thinking about. Like you said, I mean, I mean, you don't have to give names obviously, but I'm, 
I know having gone to your studio, there are men and women there that without that hour or hour and a half of hot yoga, they're going to fall apart. Yeah. And it's been so hard. And I, you know, I've talked to many of them and just, you know, anybody I know that the studio is a big part of their life. They're there on a regular basis. They've been a member for a long time. I'm trying to reach out, send an email when I can, or just, you know, message them on Instagram, let them know I'm thinking about them. But it's hard because like you said, I mean, I have clients who were like on death's door before they discovered hot yoga. They were overweight or they had some serious health issues going on. They had chronic pain. They, you know, mentally were going through divorce or had lost a job or just, you know, all these struggles. And I'm so grateful that hot yoga and that studio, the hot yoga spot has been able to help them over these years. But now as a business owner, I feel so sad that we've not been able to help them during the last few months. So Don't cry. No crying. I'm, I'm the only one that cries on this show, Jess. I'm going to cry this is a very emotional subject for me. <laughs> but it just, it's hard to know that in this situation, I almost feel like I failed them. And I know I, I didn't because there was literally nothing I could do about it. But this is a time when people need this outlet. They need this community. They need these wellness options more than anything. And we like vanished overnight. And, you know, we're doing the online stuff completely for free. I think people have loved that. Um, but it's not the same. And you know, it's been hard to not be able to connect with the community right now. And like you said, I have a great family and I tell them, I tell my husband every single day, if it weren't for him and our kids, I would not be able to get through this because it's been so scary and so challenging. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And it makes me so sad that we are not there physically for them right now in person. So knowing what you know now about COVID, would you open up? Um... Yes, I think that we should open up. And I think it's, um, I think it's really unfair. And it's really arbitrary that the state is not allowing us to open up. Like I said, being healthy is the best chance you have at, first of all, not getting COVID. Second of all, if you get it, not getting as sick from it, not dying from it. So taking away fitness options for people, I is so short sighted. I don't understand what the long play is here. But for a disease that's impacting people that are not living healthy lifestyles, to take away access to options that help you live a healthy lifestyle doesn't make sense to me. So I think from that aspect, fitness should be open. I don't know why if restaurants and retail can exist safely at 50% capacity, we can't also have that option. And I've said this to a million customers, you know, friends just in conversation. In New York State, you're allowed to go out to eat and sit shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of people that you don't live with, take off your masks and share appetizers and get drunk and, you know, dance and whatever at your table. Why can't you go to a yoga class with those same people that you don't live with, set your mat up 10 feet apart from each other and take a class? It just, it doesn't make sense. And it's crazy. It really it's, is crazy. Now that you say it. Like, it's crazy. If they were mandating, if you, if restaurants were out of the picture, and you could only be inside a place with a mask on, that would be one thing. But restaurants and indoor dining have been open in my state for four to six weeks, maybe longer. And you get to your table and the rule is wear a mask to your table and then take your mask off. But you don't have to go out to eat with your friend, with your family. You can go with your friends, you can go with coworkers, people that you don't live with, you're not in like the germ circle with. So why is it safe to literally sit at a booth with these people but not go take a yoga class where we can put your mat six feet apart, 10 feet apart, however far we have to do it to meet regulations. We can do that. How is that not 
equally as safe, if not much safer, being that much further apart from people and not getting drunk, not letting, because once you're drunk, you're not, you know, you're not going to maintain the distance, you're going to forget the mask. And it's just, it's insane to me that business owners, you know, fitness business owners, we're not even getting a chance right now to survive. Like you're, and luckily the hot yoga spot's been open for 10 years. So I have 10 years worth of savings that I'm relying on right now, but there's a lot of fitness businesses that opened in the last few years that don't have that. Like these businesses are going to perish if something doesn't change soon. And it's difficult because every day that the governor and the state doesn't let us open, it vilifies us. It makes us seem scary. It makes us seem inherently more dangerous when we're not. And once we finally are allowed to reopen, more people are going to be afraid to come back because of how much longer they made us stay closed. They're making us seem a lot scarier and a lot more dangerous than we are. And it's, it's arbitrary that we're still just from, um, co-owning a CrossFit and just from a few friends I have in the area that still own CrossFits, just conversations with them. More members have canceled memberships in the last few weeks since we were pulled out of phase four than the entire four months prior. Because all of a sudden it seems like we're never reopening. And it's really scary for the business owner and for the members who were trying to hold on and trying to keep paying and trying to support. It gets to a stage where you start to wonder, what are you supporting, you know? Well, and yeah. Just, and it's not just that stigma of being dangerous, which obviously help, you know, companies are not, but it's also in the meantime, these, these members are, are figuring out how to do it without you. Yeah. So it, it's how many of them are then gonna, you're going to reopen. How many are like, Oh, well, I've got my Peloton or I've got my yeah. yoga online. You know, by the way, what's your yoga site so people can check it out if they want to do that right now? Yeah, the Hot Yoga Spot on Demand, they can find it if they just go to the hotyogaspot.com. It's right on the top of the website. $20 a month of yoga. They can use the code, what's my code again? Ackerman. It's very hard for you to remember, I know. <laughs> so the code Ackerman gives them, so if you want $10 for unlimited yoga. Yeah, for meditation, mini workshops. It's, we have almost 400 videos on there. And they're all like great quality. They're all really different. We have some yoga for CrossFit on there. We have all sorts of cool stuff. So highly recommend. Yeah, you guys did a really good job. I mean, it looks very professional. It looks, I mean, I have the Peloton app. It's yeah. as good as the Peloton app. And you've got a some professional gal, what can I say? You've got some good looking instructors too. So if you guys want to check both men and women, by the way. Um, so if you guys want to just watch, you know, watch a good looking person do yoga, if that's your fetish. $10 a month is cheaper than some of the other sites out there. Yeah, so, you're welcome. <laughs> so, I, you know, what really has struck a nerve with me lately is, and you don't have to give this specific number, but you told me, like, the number you're paying in rent is outrageous, and you're not even allowed to be open. Yeah. So, I don't even know what the question is, but it just strikes me as just completely ignorant of the government to be like you're shut down you can no longer make money but they're not doing anything to say you don't have to pay rent for these companies that we're not allowing you to run yeah it's been um it's been really surprising and i think even a lot of clients a lot of members if you don't own a business right now you just don't understand what's going on a lot of my members who i've spoken to are like, you know, when they find out I'm still paying rent, they're like, oh, I just assumed that you didn't have to pay rent because you were shut down by the government. And I was like, no, that's not the way it works. 
Um, I have the six locations, every single one of them, I have been paying rent for every single month. Um, and it's a large number. I won't give the Full rent. Full rent. Full rent. Yeah. Um, one of my, one of my landlords in Saratoga was really nice. He let me do a little bit less for a few months. And one of the other ones, um, gave me a small discount for one month, but other than that, completely full. And we're going on five months now. So my monthly rent for these six locations is more than most people's mortgage payments for an entire year, more than my mortgage payment for an entire year. And I have a, a fairly nice house. So I'm paying a, a year's worth of mortgage payments look like every single month out of my personal savings account, just hoping that we'll be allowed to open at some point soon and start to recoup some of these losses. But um, as a business owner, the fact that the government has shut fitness down first, fitness is one of the only industries in my state that remains closed and we're getting no support is um, so disappointing. And for any business, you know, once we were shut down and I know everybody made a big deal out of it because um, they were doing mortgage forgiveness for three months. So a lot of people assume that meant that business owners didn't have to pay, you know, their bills for three months. But I think what most people don't realize is that business owners don't have a mortgage, they have rent. It's totally different. 99% of business owners don't own the space that they're occupying, they're renting it. So that mortgage forgiveness doesn't help us. I, if I don't pay my rent, not only do I go in default on my lease, which means that the landlord can take away rights from me, they can stop me from opening if we ever get the opportunity to reopen. So not only is that an issue, but I've also personally guaranteed every single one of my leases, which is something that's required to be in a nice shopping center. Normally you have personal guarantees. So even if my business doesn't open, I personally myself have guaranteed to pay my rent so that means if I don't, they can come after my assets, my home, my money, in my bank account, stuff like that. So, you know, people keep saying to me, smart people, people that care about me that I usually go to for advice are telling me like, oh, just close the business. Just, you know, stop paying rent, start paying it again when you reopen. And it just is really showing me that right now business owners are kind of in the situation alone because other people just don't get it. We don't have that option. And the fact that the government, it would be really easy, not really easy, but the state on some level or the government on some level could say, if you're mandated to be closed right now, you don't start paying rent again until you reopen. And maybe that means if you're closed five months, five months is added to the back of your lease. Maybe that means that if we're not paying rent right now, the government is supplementing our rent payments to the landlords themselves who are also small business owners. I get that. But the fact that we are closed and without options and nobody seems to care. And I personally reached out to one of my um, landlords actually in Stuyvesant Plaza and I asked them for relief and they, um, they were not eager to do it for me and ended up not doing it for me. And that was really disappointing because I've been a tenant there for 10 years. Um, and I expected, you know, it's hard. It just, I felt very isolated in different ways in a situation. And I know I'm not, I know that other business owners are facing the exact same issues that I am, but as a business owner right now, just people, you almost feel like people don't understand what you're up against and it doesn't really look like there's a lot of solutions in sight or on the horizon. So it is really challenging. And that's definitely one of them. Instead of these ridiculous PPP loans, they should have figured out what businesses closed actually needed, where the support should be going and doing it from that standpoint. And even the PPP loan was really flawed because it was designed to, um, do you know about the PPP loan? Do you know like how it worked? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. At it. Yeah. So it was designed to support payroll expenses um, so that you didn't have to fire a bunch of people, which is great. 
However, a lot of the industries hit hardest don't have a big payroll. Fitness, for instance, a lot of fitness businesses use contractors instead of employees, so your payroll is zero. Um, same thing for a lot of people in like the entertainment industry, photographers, videographers, stuff like that. That industry was hit really hard. Um, you know, so the PPP, and you didn't have to show any loss of income. So I know business owners who I'm friends with that have been open this entire time that got six-figure PPP loans. And I know business owners like myself and other fitness business owners that didn't qualify for anything or qualified for almost nothing. Um, so it's, you know, even the way that they gave funding out was not set up in a way to benefit the people that really needed it. It should have been based on if your industry's closed, how long it's been closed, um, what your, if you could prove loss of income, how big loss did you have? Because the fact that businesses that are open were able to get a lot and a lot of businesses closed were able to get nothing. Not only is it challenging for the business owners that got nothing, but it also, you know, the public that doesn't own a business thinks that business owners are okay right now. They think we're not paying rent. They think we all got, you know, $500,000 loans. And that's just not the case. Every business owner I know right now is really worried and really struggling. And we just, it feels like nobody um, really understands that, you know? I think the best thing you said is, you know, if the government shuts down your business, they need to then go to the next step and say, okay, you don't need to pay rent. I mean, look, I'm sure for those that don't know, Stuyvesant Plaza is like beautiful outdoor plaza. And I'm, I don't know, maybe, you know, like someone owns that land, oh, but yeah. whether, you know, they're paying their mortgage still. So I understand like they need to get their covered. So then it would have to go to the next step. Like, Hey, now your, your yeah. mortgage is getting delayed as well. And I understand the complications of that. It just seems really unfair of the government to shut down a business and then say, I mean, they're just, they're going to, they're forcing, I, mean, I know dozens of CrossFits that have closed and, you know, if you weren't so successful over the last 10 years, not only would you be closing, you'd be then in default of your mortgage. And then even if you didn't have savings, they'd come after you personally as well. I mean, they, they can literally put someone on the streets. Oh, very quickly. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been open 10 years and it's a slippery slope between where I was five months ago to where I am now. And every month it, you know, it's more and more money out of the savings. And like, you know, especially if you're in a center where you have a personal guarantee, even if I close the hot yoga spot, I have to hope. And that's not the plan, the hot yoga spot. The plan is we're still going to be here and we're going to keep fighting. But if I had to close the hot yoga spot, I have to cross my fingers and hope that the landlords don't decide to sue me for my personal guarantee and then take the money out of my personal accounts and out of my home and out of my savings because that's an option they have and that they're going to have with most fitness business owners. You know, if you're in a plaza, you've probably signed something like that and there's just, there's no recourse for it. And it's really unfortunate that there isn't that government level support because that's the only way it can work. Because like I said, I have six different tenants or six different landlords. Every single one is doing different some have given me not one cent off i've paid in full every month one of them gave me one month free one of them gave me like 10 percent off the entire time um so it one of them gave me two weeks free which was right at the start of this which sounded really nice but now five months later i'm like this is you know, yeah weird. i mean all yeah all these discounts are great but not when you're shut down right and so it's hard because it's almost like the wild west out there like the landlords are doing whatever they want the tenants are doing whatever they want like if there was an actual mandate or, you know, something we can expect this to happen, this is what should be happening, it would at least make it easier. And I feel like we were all in the same boat. But 
I know friends that own fitness businesses. We have this group chat going right now. There's like 10 of us in the capital region that own different types of fitness businesses. We're talking every day about our experiences and brainstorming. And some of them are like, I have amazing landlords. They haven't made me pay rent at all. It's been great. Others are threatening, you know, eviction, even if they have paid rent, just because they won't, they want to work out and use the parking lot to do outdoor classes. And the landlord's like, if you work out in that parking lot, once you're out of here, I'm changing your locks. So every landlord and every tenant is having a really different situation. And it just makes it really hard. There's no unifying force that's kind of setting the precedent and setting the expectations that we all know how to move forward. And also, I mean, from a government level, every state is treating it differently. Oh, I mean, yeah. Colorado, gyms are open again. Now you have to wear a mask. Like even at jujitsu, they're wearing masks while they're training. Yeah. Um, you know, so, which is a little laughable in itself. Like we're sweating. I mean, I'm not going currently, but yeah. they're sweating on top of each other, but they're wearing masks. So it's like the government, and I get it. There's probably, I mean, we understand yoga and CrossFit and whatnot, but there's plenty of businesses we don't understand. So I get that it's probably challenging for the government to throw out rules for every different business, but all it would take is like hire one person that understands the industry a little, like bring me I on. I've said that so many times because I'm getting into fights with people like how is our governor Cuomo not addressing this? He's arbitrarily closing thousands. It looks like he works out too. So it's not like he's completely ignorant I'm, to this thing. I'm sure he's still working out even though we're not allowed to, but he just like he was still getting haircuts the whole time, even when barber shops were closed. But anyway, yeah, look he, at my hair. Look at this. No, no haircut here. <laughs> I kept saying if Cuomo was smart, he would come out looking like Tom Hanks yeah. and cast away with like the hair all over the place and a bandana. Dis yeah, look disheveled, you know. Yeah, but anyway, so I keep because people keep saying like now it's close to back to school. Cuomo has to focus all of his attention on that, and I was like, I get it. Back to school is incredibly important literally hire two or three people for like a five-hour brainstorm session get somebody that knows yoga somebody that knows it's all it would take it's not even a full-time job it's like it, you could literally he could find people on his team one person that happens to do each of these fitnesses as a hobby get them in a room for two hours and say okay if you're yoga these are your regulations if you're spinning these are your regulations if you'd be able to pull in like this CEO of Peloton and the CEO exactly. of Equinox if he wanted yeah, to, you know. Cycle and uh. all these people would fall over themselves for the opportunity to help get fitness reopened. It's just not a priority. They don't care. And it's so apparent and it's upsetting because you have thousands of New Yorkers, I'd argue hundreds of thousands, when you look at the thousands of fitness businesses closed and then all of the people that work for them that rely on this form of small business to survive, to pay for health insurance, to buy groceries, to have a roof over their head. So it's upsetting for that reason because the state and all these states were, they Technical the difficulties. There she is. Sorry, for, yeah, you chopped up for a second. Repeat yeah. that last about 10 seconds of what you were saying. Yeah, so I was just saying it's difficult because, you know, financially, professionally, you have all these people that rely on small fitness businesses, the owners and the people that work there that have no support from their state right now. So that's really challenging. But it's also challenging because on a bigger level, this global pandemic the longer you have fitness closed, the less healthy people are going to be. Like, I don't, what's the end game there? It, you know, I mean, you have this resource from them. I, and I could, I agree with you on that too, because 
as someone who is a part of the quarantine when it happened, like my training shit to bed to some extent, you know, it's, I was going from training at a, at a box and going to jujitsu daily to having to figure out how to train in our apartment's extra bedroom, you know? And, um, so, and I'm someone who understands fitness, creativity when it comes to workouts. So you can imagine mom who had to muster up the energy every day to get to a gym. Yeah. She's not, she's not like, oh, I'm going to go run a 5k. She's like, no. I'm going to watch, you know, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy for eight hours, you know? So that's the issue because, and for me as a fitness business owner, it's scary because like you said, you're somebody that understands fitness, how to move your body, how to be creative. I've owned a yoga studio for 10 years. I've been an active participant in CrossFit for four years, including up until the day I gave birth to both of my children. So fitness and being active has been a very important part of my lifestyle for a very long time. I'm working out in my basement. I'm doing, you know, wads outside. I'm running around my cul-de-sac and bringing the weights out. I'm doing yoga in the basement. Like I'm still doing it. And I can admit that the workouts I'm doing in my home, they're not as intense as the ones you do at the gym, as the ones you do in the studio, because you're by yourself. It's harder to get motivated. I'm still doing it every day. And I'm grateful and proud of that. But most people, a lot of people aren't. A lot of people aren't, they don't, they might not have the space to do it. They might not have the equipment to do it. They might not have the understanding of, you know, their body and fitness to do it. So a lot of people are so out of the habit of working out right now, which is terrifying as a fitness business owner, because the hardest part about getting members at your gym is getting them in the habit of coming to your gym. Once somebody's taken hot yoga every day for a month, they're going to come forever because they know it feels great. They know how they look, how they're, you know, their personality, their body, they know how good it is for them. But once somebody hasn't done it in five months, it's going to be so much harder to get that person to come back and try it again. So the fact that like every day we're closed is more and more people that are just going to forget how much they enjoyed it and be resistant to coming back and trying it again, or they're not going to think they have time for it anymore. Um, even financially, they're not going to be able to afford it anymore because they've lost their job or you know, their kids aren't at school, so they don't have childcare anymore. There's so many reasons why people are not going to be able to get back to fitness already as it is. And then physically closing our businesses and stopping us from opening, it just, it's added on on top of that. Yeah. Let's also point out you hated CrossFit for a long time. Now you've been doing it. Now you own one, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole, that's another podcast. So fr from a distance through the rumor mill, I hear there are some gyms in the Albany area that have stayed open. You don't have to, you don't have to use, say their names. That's not what we're doing. What's stopping you from just being like, F this. Um, honestly, every day I, I consider saying F this and opening up. So, um, it's hard. You know, I've had long talks with Kayla, who is my partner for CrossFit for the People, because we closed right away. We shut down. Um, and like you said, there are a lot of businesses in this area that haven't. There are a lot of gyms all over. I know of yoga and, you know, gym owners in Long Island, New York City that are still open, other states that stay open the whole time. So it's really hard when you see these other people not doing it to do it yourself. Um, so I remember Kayla and I, you know, after we were pulled out of phase four and we were talking about what to do for CrossFit for the People, we were like, you know, do we open? Do we not open? And at that point, we were able to start doing outdoor classes at the gym, but, you know, right outside instead of inside. So technically allowed to do it, totally fine, started doing it. And she said, because I was, I was asking her, I was like, what do you think I should do for the studio? Because I don't have the answers anymore. You know, in 10 years of owning a business, 
I always felt like I had the answer. I could make an educated guess. I could base it off an experience or something I did in a different situation. But this is such uncharted territory for me. Um, we've never been in this experience before in this situation. So I'm relying on the opinion and advice of people that I trust, people that I know, people that are a big part of the studio, my family. So I was talking to her and I was like, you know, what should, what should I be doing right now? And she was like, honestly, like, it was one thing when fitness was phase four, we waited two months for it to come. And, you know, she's like, it sucked me waiting two months to open cross for the people again. But, you know, we had an end date in sight. We had a plan in sight. So we were like, we'll just do that. We'll wait. That's what will make everybody feel better. But then when you get pulled out of that and it becomes clear that nobody is, you know, the governor hasn't ever mentioned fitness again. He hasn't said he's working on a plan for us. He's exploring options. She was like, honestly, this is different. When you had a date in mind and you had a plan in place, waiting made sense. Now there's not one in place. So you have to ask yourself what exactly you're waiting for. And I've been asking myself that and evaluating the options. And I'd be lying to you if I said, I don't think about reopening every single day. Um, I haven't yet, but I'm at a stage where I almost think I'm doing more harm than good right now by being open because every other business is open. So many other businesses have been open again for so long that people are not even taking proper restrictions with them anymore. You know, places that used to require right. the mask all the time and back to normal things on the floor, right? They're almost back to normal. Whereas at my business, if we reopen, I can guarantee you those floors are going to be marked. There's going to be hand sanitizer, like falling from the ceilings. There's going to be like so many precautions in place. And the people that need my business that have physically depended on it mentally, emotionally for years, I'm not serving them right now the way I could. And I honestly can't tell you why anymore. Like, you know, I had this conversation with somebody that owns the float center that, you know, right next door to me at one of my locations. He and I were talking a few weeks ago and he was like, honestly, when business owners closed in March, we all closed to flatten the curve. That was why we closed. We all did it. We all jumped on board. It was for the greater good. We were all closing. We were all flattening the curve so that hospitals could catch up so that resources, you know, PPE could be manufactured, sanitizer could get stocked on the shelves again. We were all closing. It was planned on two weeks so that everybody could catch up and then we could treat this thing the way we needed to. He was like, we, business owners never agreed to close forever. This was never the plan. The plan wasn't let's close our business until COVID is gone. Like COVID-19 is part of our culture now. It's not going away. A lot of people are going to get it. I mean, you, you're going to, it's like the flu. It's like anything else. You're going to get it. You're going to build up antibodies. So now, especially in New York state, our curve is as flat as it gets. It is a flat line. Why is any business still closed? That wasn't the agreement. If we're closed right now until COVID-19 disappears, I might as well turn in my keys now because COVID-19 is not going away. They're working on a vaccine. They're working on antibody tests. I get it. But we closed to flatten the curve. The curve is flat we should be able to reopen, especially when every other industry is reopened. So honestly, at this point, knowing how much people need fitness, how many people depend on my studio to feel okay, to live the type of life, the quality of life that they need to, um, I ask myself that question every single day. And the answer is harder and harder to find. And that's just being honest. I don't know if that makes me, if that's the right answer or the wrong answer, but honestly, I can't tell you why we're so closed. I can't tell you anymore that I think it's the right thing to do. 
And I don't fault the business owners who have opened. If they're doing it safely, if they're maintaining the guidelines set by the CDC and the state of New York for how far apart you should be, when you should wear a mask, when you should wash your hands, if, if they're following those same guidelines that they're enforcing at Target and restaurants and Lowe's and all these other stores, if they're following those, I don't, I don't fault them for it at all. No, I agree with you. I think it, it'd be one thing if we're like, hey, we're flattening the curve and, and no one, we've realized we need to stay shut down as a state. Yeah. But it, it makes no sense to me that A, the curve has been flattened and B, if you're that worried about it still, you don't, I just don't understand the idea of restaurants are okay. Yeah. You know, Target like is okay. I, you know, Target, I get, you can stay distant. They're doing, you know, yeah. I've gone out to shop and, you know, they have plastic at the cashier stuff. They do a lot of, I hope it stays like this for the most part, because I don't want to see people, to be honest. But I mean, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gone to a restaurant. Um, yeah. I have, like, yeah. You know, or Disney World open. Which is I mean, come, crazy. Come on, I mean, exactly. Living in New York State, the Statue of Liberty announced the other day they're reopening. In what Twilight Zone universe is the Statue of Liberty safer than the hot yoga spot? Right, you have to either take a very narrow staircase With or an no elevator. Flow, no fresh air, 100,000 million touch points that a million people are going to be touching at all times, or the hot yoga spot where we can put 10 people in a studio built for 50, have them all 10 feet away from each other, have no HVAC unit running the entire time. Like it just, it's insane to me that this is what we're being told and this is what people are believing. It's crazy. And like you said, if, if restaurants and bars weren't open, I probably would feel differently. But I don't understand how it's safe to sit shoulder to shoulder without a mask on with people you don't live near or you don't live with, but to not work out nowhere near them. It just I mean, our, our guy that's on the podcast regularly, Todd, we did an episode recently. He got COVID. He got it by going out to dinner with his best friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just two couples dating and... You know, he's like, I did everything right, and I yeah. still got it. You know, we shared food because I didn't know you had it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I mean, you could take it a step further. You could do a, you know, a thermometer check, you know, especially if you're only letting, letting 10 people in per class. You're not overwhelmed at the front desk. The instructor can walk around. You yeah. know, you, you can do all that. It's, yeah, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me, which is why I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah, I keep making the joke that I should just open, but, like, serve food at the end of class. And then we'd be fine because apparently you can't get it if you're sitting down eating. You, can, you know what I mean? Like, it's so ridiculous. It like, it almost to me is like, are they saying it's like, you can't get it if you're drinking, if you're eating? How can I hate you? it. That's not a right? bad idea. Why don't you just. That every meal or like give everybody that comes a bag of potato chips and pretend I'm yeah, going to give them a smoothie. Like, hey, you're paying $15 for a smoothie. You get a free yoga class with it, by the way. That's interesting. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you do that? That's a... Yeah. And here's the other thing that I also think is ridiculous. There is no industry that is more able to track and trace who has been there than fitness. Right. You're checking in. Right. Reservations mandatory. When you sign up online, you put in your name, your phone number, your address, your email address. So A, if somebody was sick, if some, let's say in an, in an alternate parallel universe, the hot yoga spot is open right now. Somebody comes and takes a class and it turns out they had COVID and they notify me. I can, in about three seconds, look in that person's visit history, find out every single class they took, find out every single person that was in that class with them, including the teachers, and have them all notified, all of that within probably a minute. 
You can't do that at restaurants. You can't do that at shopping, you know, retail, dog foods. You can't do that at any industry for the most part, except for fitness. We can track and trace who was in the building when they were in the building more easily than any other industry. How come that is not working in our favor right now? Which by the way, in the fitness industry, people tend to go to the same days and times too, right? 100%. So, so you know, if you know, CrossFit model, you go to yeah. noon CrossFit, you're at noon every single day. And that's the only time you go. And, you, and you could even do some things like, Hey, this is how my jujitsu school reopened. They said, okay, you're going to have three other training partners. So those are the only people you're training with. It'd be no different than saying CrossFit, you get to come in three times a week, but it has to be the same people in that. So you get the noon, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that yeah. way you're limiting versus someone that goes out to eat may go to five different restaurants. Yeah, with week. 20 different people each time. You know, they go with their coworkers one day, their family one day. They go in Saratoga, they go in Albany. That's a great point. And I think this is what needs to be driven home. Fitness isn't saying, let us just reopen the way we used to. I'm not looking to have back-to-back -back classes, 15 minutes apart, 50 people a class anymore. Like those days are long behind me. I'm just asking, give me restrictions and let me open and follow those restrictions. And there's so many ways we can do it. These, under, these other industries don't, can't do, they could never do it. Like you said, we could say, you want to come to that yoga spot? That's great. Pick the class time you want to come to. That's your class time no matter what. You have to make a reservation. We're taking your temperature at the door. You have to, we have to make sure we have your email address and phone number on file. I mean, there are so many ways that we could do this if we were given the chance to do it. And it's, the more I talk about it and the more I think about it, the more I genuinely don't understand what's going on here because it's so backward that this industry that's needed now more than ever for physical health and mental and emotional well-being is being just like stalemated and cut off from people's lives so severely. Yeah, I mean, really, you've nailed it. I think that's why we need Ackerman Fuller, 2012, Fuller Ackerman, however you want to <laughs> position it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the world needs a female president, so you can you can take that one. And then, you know. Oh, thank you. That's very gracious of you. I will take that one. <laughs> so, is there anything you know for the listeners that are in either a similar state from New York State or just want to support the fitness industry in New York? Is there any? Do you know of any ways they can reach out? They can help. Um, I mean, honestly, I think it starts on your local level. I know, and it's it's been different for every industry. I know with CrossFit. Um, and a lot of like boot camp type places, people have maintained memberships at a really high percentage rate, which I think is amazing. Doing that helps to give back to your gym, the place that makes you feel good, the place that makes you your best self, continue to do that. It's been really hard with the yoga model because um, we don't, we have unlimited plans for sure. A lot of people canceled them. Um, it just is what it is. But a lot of the money at a yoga studio comes from day-to-day -day sales, you know, single sessions, five class passes. And that money literally evaporated overnight on March 16th. So it's been really challenging. And I think a lot of times people just, they don't realize business owners, you still have expenses. A lot of them are still trying to pay their, their teachers, their coaches, Maybe they still have rent, they still have utilities, that those fixed expenses that can't get turned off overnight. So I think the best thing to do, wherever you're a member, if you can continue to support them, continue to support them. If you financially can't, you know, share their stuff on social media, let your friends know, you know, if they're doing stuff online to check in for that. Um, I think those are a really great way to just be involved with the actual community that's been important to you. I think this is a really good time that you can show that community um, that they're important to you as well. So 
I think that's the best way to do it. I think if you want to try to have an even bigger impact, I would say call your representatives, email your representatives, whoever is helping to make these decisions, let them know that you want fitness open, let them know why it's important, what it's doing to the quality of your life and the life of your community that it's closed. I think the more we can like annoy them and the more we can get the message out there, the better chance we have. Um, it's not perfect, but you know, it's like the more voices, the more people they think they're annoying, the better chance we have of finally being heard. I think, yeah, I think you've nailed it. If somebody knows Governor Cuomo, get us in touch. Please do. I got some things to say. <laughs> so, no, I think, I mean, it was really good to talk about this stuff. Obviously, I'd love to talk to you about everything in your journey, but I really wanted to focus today on, you know, putting it out there because you're, you know, you're not the only one. And it seems to me like, you know, and granted, I don't know it everything about this but out of 50 states it really seems like new york is the one being hit hardest in the fitness world and you know this podcast is primarily for crossfitters but also you know for everyone in this health and fitness model and it's just you know like i said i was outspoken at first about shutting down i was thinking two weeks maybe a month like you said um but it, it's not even about being i i would i would accept fitness being shut down longer if they were being smart about it they're being completely irrational about it yeah they shut down with no end in sight and with no objective with no explanation with no alternative you know i've heard um from the governor's office like oh if your fitness is closed just do it outside like that sounds great but why are business if it was that easy to just do it outside you can't bring a crossfit rig outside super easily you can't bring bikes from a spin place outside very easily even for me with yoga, half of our classes right now this summer are either 100 degrees or they're rained out. So we're canceling classes left and right because it's just the weather is not allowing it. So, and then even if you can do it outside, there are certain people, you know, they're like, oh, just go for a run. If you have bad joints, if you have, you know, any type of issue like that, if you're really overweight, if you have an injury, you know, a lot of times the form of fitness you do is because of these issues with your body or your preferences not everybody can just go for a run not everybody wants to you know i, I don't want to yeah, go for i don't want to run in a million years i don't want to do that so for them to say you know oh if you want fitness just go do it outside by yourself but for every other industry come inside we'll take care of you um right they're not saying like if anything what's easier to replicate than a restaurant like cook, cook in, your house. in your kitchen <laughs> right like I, they're you know it, and again, we're just going to circle back to it, but they're basically just saying restaurants are more important than fitness. That's they're, all they're saying. Everything is more important than fitness is exactly what they're saying. And the irony of them saying that in a time when a pandemic is killing people that are not fit, um, I just, I have to question who is making these decisions and how they're qualified to make them because the, the thinking and the logic seems inherently flawed. I mean, Agreed. I know we said it so many times, but it just, I mean, every no, time, you, just, you know. <laughs> no, we just keep going back to it because it's so crazy. But I mean, you just nailed it. I'll let you take it there. So people can go to the hot yoga spot on demand if they want to yeah. take some great yoga classes with very attractive people. I just throw it out there because I went on there. No I looked around. Allowed. No ugly teachers allowed. I have a hard line. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, and then outside of that, like you said, support your local fitness facility, wherever you're going and reach out to your representative. Like that's, that's yeah. really what it takes, whether it's going to do anything or not, you got to put it out there. Yeah. It's better than not doing anything. And at least, you know, reaching out and trying to get change is better than not trying to get change, but definitely, you know, helping to provide some type of financial resource or, you know, awareness to your local 
CrossFit, yoga studio, gym, whatever, that definitely will do something to that business. Even I even just getting nice emails and nice messages on Instagram from members being like, we miss you. I'm thinking about you. How are you doing? Like for me on a personal level, I cry every single time I get one. So even if you can't do something financially, like send a nice note to a trainer or a coach or a yoga teacher that's changed your life, a studio that's been there for you right now in this scary time, that is going such a long way. Um, and like Jason said, if you want to learn more about me or the hot yoga spot, the hot yoga spot.com. <laughs> And then also check you out on Instagram, the hot yep. yoga spot. Yep. Hot yoga spot on Instagram. If you want to do our on demand, like he said, um, it's amazing. The code is Ackerman. You'll get 50% off your first month and you will be feeling flexy from home. It'll be great. All right, Jess. Well, great catching up with you. Thanks for sharing your story. And hopefully that resonated with a lot of people. We'll see. Thank you for having me, Jason. I'll see you soon. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Best hour of their day.